This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, this is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by two former United players to talk over a tumultuous week at Manchester United. When is it not a tumultuous week at United at the moment? Um, as you can see, I'm joined by Lee Lawrence and Phil Marsh. I'll get to those guys in a moment. If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your comments and questions in. If you're watching the replay, say hello. Feel free to comment. We do reply. If you're watching live on the Twitter feed, uh, if you post comments under the tweet where the videos I'm streaming, then um, I'll, I'll get to try and get to them if I can. I'm still learning to use that. If you're listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to like and leave a review and subscribe on the platform you're listening on as well. Um, so Phil, this week, Phil Marsh, former United striker. How are you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, good mate. Thanks. Uh, back in work this week, so getting back into a bit of a routine. And uh, yeah, it's obviously been a long time for me with obviously the, the operation and stuff. Uh, so yeah, just glad to have a bit of normality back, mate. I, are you dealing with that at the moment? Yeah, getting there, mate. I say it's. Um, I'm. I'm. I'm not rushing back, as as I say. I'm. Um, I'm just taking it week by week and just sort of seeing how it goes. Um, feeling good, as I say, as the weeks have gone by, I'm gradually getting there and. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm back in training, albeit you know I'm not I'm not fully doing everything um, as much as probably the other lads are at the minute. But it's feeling good, and, and hopefully, as I say, in the the next you know probably three to four weeks, hopefully I'll I'll be in a position then where I can uh, you know hopefully maybe join in and, and look to be sort of back playing in, in the next uh, you know couple of weeks after that. Hopefully, nice, nice. Um, also joined by former United defender. Shrewsbury Town legend Lee Lawrence. How are you doing, Lee? Right? I won't go as far as legend, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine, mate. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Busy week at work as usual, uh, especially in this heat. It's not been the best. Uh, trying to fit boilers and bathrooms in 30 degrees. Not, it's not been great. So uh, it's nice to get. Well, I've lifted walked in 20 minutes ago. Jumped in the show and jumped straight on the podcast. Uh, so it's it's not over yet. But hopefully, I'll get a I've got a weekend off. So I'm looking forward to a nice uh, nice weekend with the family, mate. You had no chance of getting off this week after the grief I was giving you last week. <laughs> and I'll tell you, you know, 
you can be modest and, and throw away Shrewsbury Town legend, but you were a member of their all-time greatest team. So if you're in their all-time 11, then unfortunately, mate, you got to carry that modesty with you. Um, all right. Difficult week starts with um, a difficult defeat. Arsenal 3, United 2, 3-1 uh, even. Nearly 2 if we did... Um, had that goal that was allowed. Very weird game. There were a lot of calls that um, were checked. A lot of calls from the referee that were disputed. Um, United eventually looking good for a draw, to be fair, as the game was closed. I thought in the second half they were probably bossing it. And, and when they scored, I didn't think that the Garnacho goal was against the runner play. And then, obviously, it was disallowed very, very tightest of margins um can debate that whether or not it was offside um then from then I, I worded it pretty harshly as a collapse probably wasn't united zeds went a little bit and um disputed by rice was joe evans pulled back and then they go and score a third goal which just kills the game off united end the game uh, with Maguire and Evans, sort of like the fifth and sixth choice centre backs, really playing in there. And um, I suppose you're going to come see chances. If you play 25 minutes with, with those players, you're going to let chances. You're probably going to concede a goal to a team that finished second. Um, so, a very eventful game. Lee, I'll come to you first on this one. Um, what, what did you make of it? Do um, you think that United were unlucky? Do you think that, you know, we were perhaps, you know, pushing our look for a draw. I think the game went, really, especially the first half, the way we thought, we said on the podcast last week, we thought it was going to go, you know, on the back foot a lot, especially in the first half. Um, I think we did well to obviously go 1-0 up. I, I, it was definitely against the winner play at that point. Um, it was a mad game, wasn't it? It was, a, it was a real mad game where it was stop-start, decisions here, decisions there. Um if, if if I've got to be totally honest, I think Arsenal probably did deserve deserve you know probably to win at the end of the day. But like say the um, the, the the penalty for um, when they was shooting for the penalty against Wan Bissaka, um, I thought it took me about two minutes two seconds sorry to realise it was never never a penalty in the memory of man. Uh, he kicked Wan Bissaka. It was playing, but what did me any more than anything was on the commentary. Gavin Neville was more or less calling it a blatant penalty. It should be a penalty. I was screaming at the TV saying, what is he looking at? We seem to be getting a lot of that recently. There were, you know, people saying we get all the decisions, but at the moment in time, I feel like the decisions are going uh, against us, really. You know what I mean? Um, the the offside against Garnaccio, that's where I think VAR, it, it, it's, it's, it, it lets itself down a little bit. For me, that's too close to call. Um, I suppose it should, for me, it should be, in that situation where you've the, the finest, finest margins, it should always go to the attacking side, in my opinion. Um, whether that's for a United player or against the United player, and I think that's where sometimes Bazier lets itself down. I think if we go in uh, two-one at, at that point in the game, we, we you know we, we probably sit back and, and try to kill the game off more than we did, and we, we could have you know we would have been good for at least a draw. Um, I think that was a turning point. Um, another point I've got to make was Declan Rice's goal. Um, yeah, I think at first I thought Johnny Evans was foul, but when I look back, I thought, no, it's a bit soft if he gives that. I just, I can't get it out of my head that if that was the game in Nets with his reactions, would he have saved that? You know, I know it, I know it took a deflection off off, um, off Johnny Evans and you needed quick reflexes, but I, I, I just I just think 
the guy saves that. So I'm Juve for me is still out on a nine. I'm still not 100% sold, if I'm being honest with you. Um, time will tell. It's still very early days with our new signings, you know what I mean? Um, I, to be honest, I thought the Ireland, uh, Ferrell on Ireland in the box was more of a penalty shot than what one the sackers were, was it? He put his arm around him uh, and yeah. dragged him down. But the, again, the commentator just seemed to, to, to wipe it off as though it was a nothing. For me, it was, you know, it, that was much more of a penalty shot than what what uh, it was, what Vesaka would give away. So I, I feel like we was unlucky in the game. Um, but I, no way would I say we was the better team and we deserved to win because I don't think we did. Um, the third goal, like I say, well, it, it's one of them where you're just pushing to get an equaliser and they catch you on the break. Not much you can do about it. Um, but yeah, for me, really weird game. Um, I don't. I won't say an enjoyable game. I don't. I, I didn't really enjoy it. If I'm being honest with you, um, I just wish that we could we could start dominating teams like we used to. Uh, instead of catching them on the counter attack, uh, I want to see a game where for 90 minutes we're the better team. Um, you know, we, we don't look like we're going to get done on the break, and it's, it just doesn't seem to be coming yet, does it? No, it's certainly not in the big games, certainly not away from home. And I think that was a big disappointment for me is that regardless of where we are and where we've come from, it's still a place where we need to get to. And we've spent a lot of money, and it doesn't look like we said last week's pod. I'm not sure how close we are to that, um, which is quite disappointing. Having said that, Phil, you know, like last season we we're talking about fine margins, we lost in the last minute, and Casemiro was missing. So we're saying only oh, Casemiro had been fit. And now we're saying if, if Varane, if, if Martinez had stayed on, it, you know, th- those kind of things. Um, if Shaw had been fit or Malassia even had been fit to, to put some balance on that side. So they are fine margins and perhaps you can sort of understand United not being able to take the game because they're having to deal with all these changing pieces. Um, but the result is the result and United are always judged on the result. They're never, the, fairly or not, that's the, the um, and I will be talking about the profile of the club quite a lot on this podcast, but that is what United deal with, isn't it? It doesn't matter how many players are missing. They're judged on the first team. You guys would have, well, Phil, you would have done that when you played for the first team. You judged as the first team, the Manchester United first team. And that's what you've got to do. And those players were there and they didn't hold out and we lost the game. Um, I didn't find myself too um, upset by the nature of the loss. You would be if you thought that United were going to be in a title race this season, but if you sort of temper it with the expectation of we're probably not, and it's another, unfortunately, another season of measuring where we're going to be, what that what that gap is, then the result in that context isn't that bad. But I think Lee's got a point. Like The disappointing thing is that no matter what, no matter the circumstances, you do kind of want to see a United team going for it. And I guess we saw it at some points in the second half. Um, what, what did you make of the results? It is a funny one. Like, like Lee said, you know, like we probably didn't deserve to win the game. And on reflection, you know, the results, uh, the, the sorry, the refereeing decisions, they did have an impact. Did they really have an influence on the game? I'm not too sure now. They obviously did in terms of like, you know, Garnacho. I, I agree with Lee that I think Garnacho's goal should have stood. Um, but anyway, go on. Tell me, what, what did you make of the game? Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I pretty much agree with Lee, really, in the fact that over the 90 minutes, I think, on the whole, I think Arsenal probably did, did probably just about deserve the win. It just obviously hurts a little bit, and it's just uh, probably a little bit more uh, sombering in the manner, really, that they, they won the game. I think, obviously, 
you know, with them two late goals and, and sort of just before having the Garnacho goal ruled out, which again for me, you know, these VAR decisions, you see one one week and it looks like, you know, they're measuring it from one part of the body and then again you look at it another week and it's, it seems to be a different part of the body. I, I would always put it in favour of the attacker. Um, you know, being a striker myself, you always want to see goals and, and for me, you know, whether it was the United player or an Arsenal player, I would have been in favour of, of the attacker having the sort of benefit of the doubt on that one. Um, but yeah, it, it was one of them. I think at the moment with, with Manchester United, because we've got, you know, not not the expectations because we're not, you know, dominating games, as Lee was saying there, well, like we want to. I think the expectations are sort of, you know, can we get top four again? You know, maybe get a trophy, whereas... Really, you'd you'd want to see a bit more of a higher trajectory with with you know the players that we've signed and it you know it just doesn't seem really for me that everything's gelling at the moment with all the other stuff that's going on around the club you know with obviously the Mason Greenwood incidents and other you know the Anthony stuff and it just feels as though at this moment in time the club's not really in um, a great place uh, and obviously you know. The, the results against the top six have been a massive issue for us, especially away from home, which for me is, is the main uh, marker really of, of where you are um, as a club. And I think, you know, obviously we've played two of the top six probably that are going to be this year in terms of Tottenham and Arsenal. And and we've, we've probably come up well short really. So um, yeah, it is going to be a long season. I think, you know, when you, you analyse probably the four games that we've had so far, you know, we, we're, we're probably lucky really to be on as many points as we are. You know, you can look at the Wolves game and say, you know, we was lucky there to get away with a win with the Onana incident at the last minute. Could have been a draw or, you know, Wolves would have been, you know, for me, good good for the win on that game because we were so bad. And then obviously the other game against Nottingham Forest, you know, we're 2-0 down after five minutes. So it's it's not really been um, a stellar start by any stretch of the imagination. I think, you know, there's a lot of, individual performances that need to be better um and then obviously collectively it's difficult to judge because we've had so many injuries and and you know players maybe playing out of position or you know whatever so i think it, it's it's a well-needed break really with this international break and and hopefully we can you know come back a lot stronger and 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 you know with a with a bit more of a point to prove yeah and uh, evening down will be doing well mate um the difficult week our good mate down there, and he says the biggest disappointment isn't so much the result, it's the fact that we can already see four games in, that we're, we're battling for fourth place. Lee, do you think that that's a fair call? Yeah, definitely fair, mate, yeah. We're, we're, we're not, for what I've seen so far, I don't think we've kicked on whatsoever from uh, from last season, which I was hoping we were going to do, you know, we, we had a, a decent a decent season last season, um, and I thought we, we might have had a chance of, uh, of kicking on with a few decent signings this year, and Hopefully, you know, like I said, I just want to see games where where we look like we deserve to be in the top two or three um, in the country, you know, and and dominate a game. But it's like Phil has just said, from the four games we've seen, it doesn't look like we've got out of second gear yet. Um, I think that's a lot down to do with like like we mentioned last week on the podcast. There's there's no correlation with with your partners at the moment when you're playing on on the field because of the injury situation. That's a, for me is a massive factor. They're not getting that that uh, game identification with each other, um, and 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 it's hard. It really, really is hard if you're if you're playing with someone else week in week out, um, and, and and you're not you're not forming that relationship. And at the minute, it's 
I mean, I don't, I'm not quite sure how long the lads are out for, but we've got a, a vast number of injuries at the moment. Um, and it doesn't seem like, you know, they're going to get, get that chance to, to create the bonds throughout the team to, you know, to, to push on. It's, and it's a shame. It's a shame that a lot, like I say, a lot of it's down to injury. Just, just on that, do you know what? Do you know what? Obviously, you know, when you look at, um, you know, your Man Cities and stuff like that, I mean, they, they probably haven't had as many injuries as us really in the, 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 the most recent of times. But when I look at them and they have maybe one or two injuries and the players come in and replace them, that, that doesn't change the way they play at all. And it doesn't change the uh, levels of performance. Whereas, okay, you can you can say that Man City's got a far better squad than us, which is 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 true because you know they have they have spent a lot of money as well. But I just feel like we've had a lot of time now to to sort of bridge that gap, and and we've spent a hell of a lot of money, and we've 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 backed players, we've you know we've we've been and spent the top dollar. And for me, I I still to this day think sometimes when our strongest eleven isn't on the field, and we bring maybe two or three other players in that are meant to be, you know, like for like or as good as or the competition should be there so that you're trying to keep that place. You can see the difference in performance and that the dip um, is is quite noticeable, really, which for me is really worrying because obviously throughout a season, you're going to need a big squad for the competitions that you're playing in. You've always got to legislate for, you know, injuries, suspensions. And I think by the way we've looked in this first, first four games, we look well short in terms of, you know, being able to compete on on um, on all fronts really, and and sort of live with the demands that come with 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 playing in the Premier League and all the competitions. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, sorry, Lee. Sorry, just on that part, I think, like I say, Phil, on, on an identity of playing. But how long has it been now that we just look like a counter-attacking team? Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's been it's been years upon years that we just look like we just want to, you know, we're, we're happy to sit back and hopefully we, we get that chance where we've got Rashford or someone who can do something, you know, off the cuff and, you know, like a, a smash and grab. And, and that's what I was on about earlier. I don't, I don't want to be a smash and grab team. I don't want to watch Man United be a smash and grab team. I want Man United to play. They're like a Man City who, who absolutely dominate anyone who they play against and, the other teams are hoping to do a smashing grab against them, you know what I mean, kind of thing. But that's not just against the top six, you know. Like I say, look that way. Brighton next week. What we're going to do? What we're going to do against them? We're going to play the same way against them, you know what I mean? It's, it is. It is a bit worrying that we've not we've not formed an identification. Like I said, with City, where you know you know they're going to play ninety five percent of teams in 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 the world, and going to dominate possession, and going to keep the ball, and going to you know what I mean. And look like they're the, 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 the better team on the day. Where we we seldom look like we're the better team, no matter who we play against. Yeah. Um. Let me um ask you a point this because you you talked about um so that Dan said recently when we're not able to control games. You're talking about um a unity and a an identity. Part of that's called into question by the instant reaction after the game on on Sunday when Sancho puts online. This this comment about contradicting what Tenaga said in the press conference, and I'll be honest, I saw Sancho's reaction before I saw Tenaga's press conference. So I had to go back and watch what Tenaga actually said, and it seemed pretty straightforward. Really, um, there there is a part of it that makes me that I'm inclined to think, you know, he's a foreign-speaking manager, he's Dutch, he's going to be very blunt and to the point, and which he was. He was saying, oh, he hasn't. He was kind of like, why wasn't he in the squad? Well, he wasn't in the squad because we 
choose the players who train the best. That's the way that I saw it. And he took it to, like, obviously Sancho's taking it a completely different way. And his statement, and the statement I think is still pinned to his social media platforms, which is is crazy, really. And I think they're going to talk about it. That's what Sky Sports were reporting, that they're going to have some kind of conversation. Obviously, they're going to have to because there's nowhere for him to go for a few months. Um, Lee, Lee, I'll come to you first with this. Considering everything we've just talked about and... You know, Sancho was one of those players on... Maybe this is the, the drawback of something that happened last season in that Tenor picked a, a really consistent side. It was obvious the team that he was going for and Sancho wasn't always a part of that. And I don't necessarily, through the fault of the manager, I don't think he didn't give him a chance. He was playing him at the start of the season and then they had the extended break for, um, for whatever reasons that haven't been disclosed, we can speculate. Um, there was a mental health break that hasn't formally been disclosed. But he was given that break and he was still given a chance when he came back. Yeah, all right, maybe he hasn't been given a chance at the start of the season. And maybe all of us on this podcast were scratching our heads saying, why is Martial getting another chance? So maybe we'd give Jaden a run that run out. But at the end of the day, the manager's a manager, he makes the decisions and it's not so much the complaining about the decision, it's the throwing everyone else under the bus as if like he deserves the chance and nobody else deserves the chance. That's the thing that grates with me because that's the thing that doesn't seem to be a United thing to do. Um, Lee, what, did, what have you made of this situation since since the news broke on Sunday night when he posted that to his Twitter? The, the way I feel about it, mate, and uh, I'm sure the vast majority of footballers are about- Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Our generation will tell you the same. You don't train well, you don't play. That's the, that's, that's the, the written rule. You, you, you train every training session, Monday to Friday or whatever it is. Uh, like you're going to be, you know, you're playing against the team you're going to be playing against at the weekend, um, and if you're not putting that effort in, and you're not, you're not showing that, you know, you've got, you've got that in you to, to, to make the team better, then it's just, it's as simple as that. You don't play, you get benched, even worse, you don't make the squad. Um, it, my generation, when we played, that that was that was given. So if the manager turned around and said, well, he's not training well, he's not playing, that that was that was the, the vast majority of the times. That's why you weren't playing. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's, it's a generational thing. It's how the game's developed. We'd have took it on the chin and said, I need to work my bollocks off next week. So, you know, I I, I, I get in contention to get back in, in the squad and in the starting 11. Well, I think t- to the lads today um, and, and their generation, they're they muddy coddled. Um, they don't like it. Truth hurts sometimes, Wayne, you know what I mean? And and they don't like it. Um, I think that's been that's been a, a, a factor with how Sancho's reacted. It, it, it doesn't like 
probably the truth that he's, he's probably not training well and when he's been given his opportunities, he's, he's not really took it. And I can understand his frustration because, like I said last week, Anthony at the moment, he's, uh, he's, he's got potential. I think that's what we say. He's got the potential to still be a, a really good player for Man United. He's just probably not shown it yet. Um, and it, it's a hard one because in, in Jaden's head, he's probably thinking, well, if he's not showing it and he's playing week in, week out, you know, I should be giving me a chance, but if you're not putting it in in training, then you're not going to get your chance. So it's 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 probably down to himself. If he's you know tossing it off in training and, and not putting hundred percent in, he ain't going to get a game. And it is what it is. That that's that's how I see it, mate. Anyway. Yeah, and Phil, really difficult one to call in a way because, um, you know, there is this extra element of the mental health struggle or the extra struggle that he's had that I, I do think the club have been fair with him and he's trying to make a, you know he, he actually made a comment on socials that he's been made a scapegoat and I, I certainly not by the club because the club have backed him all the way and I think no one would have wanted him to come out with something like this such a disastrous thing to do and I'm I don't think I'm overstating that that's such a massive step to take because you are engineering a massive pro- a potentially massive problem a rift between not just the manager but other people in the squad by like saying that you deserve to play and, and you're saying that other play- people aren't playing well enough to have their place in the team and am, am i reading too much into that is that just like is this just the modern player's way of sort of expressing his dissatisfaction i think lee's at the nail on the head i think it's a generational thing i think nowadays players are Put on a pedestal and and sort of you know they don't like being told you know the truth or you know they think they're too good uh there's no divine right that you you know you you're warranted to play every single week for the club just because uh you know you're a, you're a big signing or you know because you're a big name it, it, you've got to put the work rate in you've got to make sure that you're applying yourself on and off the pitch um and and you know working your socks off every day in training i think that for me is is something that um, was always drilled into us playing for Man United. You know, every single session, whether you you know representing the club away, you know, whether you're abroad playing or you just in your own time, you're always representing the club, and you need to make sure you're always one hundred percent. And for me, reading between the lines, listen, I, I have no idea what's gone on, but I think reading between the lines, obviously, we can see quite clearly that Sancho, from the player he was at Dortmund, you know, playing with that spark and, and sort of confidence and um you know the freedom really where you know everything seems to be coming off i think he's come to the club granted it's not easy to come to man united it's a massive club you know you have got that expectation and the pressure's different probably to any other club in the world but i think for me um over this period obviously with the mental health and, and all that kind of stuff he's, he's came back um and I think he did have a period this this uh, pre-season and, and sort of uh, the back end of last season where I thought, oh, he's turned a bit of a corner and he started to, you know, look a little bit more like himself. He started to, you know, be a bit more positive and, and look like he was, you know, starting to make inroads really into becoming, you know, what, what kind of player we thought we'd signed. And I think just looking at it from my point of view, I think when uh, the manager picked Martial the other week um, ahead of him, in in the uh, in in the game against uh, Nottingham Forest, I think that was where, for me, it looks like to me he's maybe lost his head and, and spat the dummy out, um, and then 
obviously this week it, it might have been a case where he's just not trained as well because he feels let down or he feels as though he, he was more deserving of, of a start and he wasn't. Um, but as I say, you know, we, we, we back the manager. The manager's the one who makes the decisions. He picks the teams. He puts the team on the field that thinks he can win the game. And as a player, you've got to accept that, whether you think you should be on the pitch or not. You know, you've just got to be professional and, and make sure that you're ready to, to come on and do the business when, when called upon. Um, so, yeah, I think, obviously, as I say, I don't really know what's gone on. Um, but just looking at it from from my, you know, outside opinion, that, that seems to be sort of, you know, what I can take away from, from what's happened. And I say it's a shame because, you know, we do we do think that Sancho has got a lot of potential. Otherwise, we wouldn't have bought him. We've seen what he can do. And unfortunately, he's just not sort of, um, you know, materialised up until at this moment. And, and these kind of things, you know, won't help his course. Yeah, it's a it's a, dic- a difficult one really because I think now going into because of the number of different problems that we've got with um, Anthony at the moment, you know, we mentioned him earlier, and obviously he's, he's got um, the, the news that's been breaking all week. More controversy for the club um, looks. I, I don't know, taking it on on face value that if um, if it is the case that there's some guilt in there that, or at least it's strong enough suspicion that if the club do the same things they did with Mason then he's likely to be not be playing for a, a little while at least and then that would give the opportunity for Sancho if he had kept quiet you would have just thought that's going to be a space in the team but now I think most people are going to be wanting Palestri to get that chance to play from the right because he's the one who's kept quiet knuckled down and hasn't had a run yet um, Sancho's definitely had a fairer run than Palestri and there are a lot of people We've seen the impact that Palestra has made in games and we'll be wanting him um, to get that chance. And I mean, I'm going to just briefly mention the Anthony thing, just only to say, you know, throughout the, the Mason affair, we didn't comment on it because I didn't want to put anyone else on the podcast under the pressure of having to say something and speculate over an ongoing case. And Anthony, to this point of recording and whenever this um, podcast says has tested his innocence completely so um i don't want to be going down the road of, of speculating saying whether or not he should or shouldn't play for us again only to say that there's obviously um a precedent there of what united did in the past that's all i'm saying what i will say is that that's not far from the only news story that's been in in um, the papers this week regarding united there's been two or three where you just think at this point in time, the club are being kicked when we're already down, and and you know reporters have done this for generations, and I, you know I hate seeing it because I love the club, and I know like sometimes people will think that I'm a bit too soft on the club, and maybe that that's the case, but I I, I love the club and I want to feel defensive about them, I don't want to feel apologetic about that. And I just feel like sometimes a lot of people who are supposed to be supporters are gloating in the fact that there's a lot of stuff going on. And it's like, this isn't the United way. We're not supposed to be like that. We're supposed to rally around, you know, like get behind the club and stuff like that. I don't want to see things like this. Um, and and that, I think that's the thing that disappointed me with Jaden. He knows that the club's being put through the, the mill at the moment and he's added to that and he just... Just feels disappointing for that more than anything else. I mean, disappointed internally because there's going to be some people saying, "Oh, you know, like why do you deserve to be playing in front of me?" But those are the things that you know 
I guess, happen at most football clubs anyway, whether or not we hear about them. It's just putting the extra spotlight on the club. And maybe that's just a point of not getting the club. I mean, you guys, both of you, I mean, Phil in particular, having gone through something that was controversial, not of your own making, but it was a controversial story. And the club had to sort of roll with the punches with that. And, and nobody likes those moments. And the club rallies round and they move on together. And I just think if you don't get that, and like Ronaldo last season, I was so disappointed with him taking it to Piers Morgan is that he, he knew what he was doing and he put the club in such a negative spotlight and it's just unnecessary. The last thing that the club needed was that um, at that moment. And too many people are reveling in it. That's um, my point on that. Um, anyway, normally we would preview a game on, on Friday night, but we're not going to be doing that. We'll be talking about Brian next week. So I, I guess it's just a point of, before we wrap it up, a fairly short podcast, talk about the international break and talking about everything that I've just talked about, Phil. The international break, you would say normally it's a bad time for players or it's a bad time for United. You know, you, you want to get back on the pitch after you've lost a game of football. But that's like Manchester United of old, isn't it? You know, and... This isn't Manchester United of all. Do you think it's a good thing that we've got the break to sort of take a few days out and take a breather? Yeah, I do. I think, as I said, uh, you know, beginning of the podcast, I think looking at the first four league games that we've had, we've been nowhere near the standard or the levels that, you know, we was expecting. So I think it was a well-needed break. Obviously, you know, there's been a lot of injuries and, and things that have, have, you know, compounded, you know, the, the, the way that we have started. But... I think now is is you know a good game to come back to really. I think Brighton will be a fantastic test. You know we've seen what they've done at the start of the season, the brand of football that they play. Um, I think it's going to be a really tough game, um, but you know it's a good game to come back to and and hopefully try and prove a point and show that you know we we are capable of, of playing against some of these top teams because up till now we've been very underwhelming, um, and I think. As you just touched on there, I think, you know, you, you like some Palestries and some of them players that, you know, have been on the fringe maybe and not really been given that fair opportunity or crack of the whip. I think with, with everything that's happening around, you know, the, the club with the, the Anthony and the Sancho uh, sagas at the minute, I think it could be a great opportunity for someone like, you know, him to, to step in and, and really sort of, you know, take the ball by the arms because I, I really like him. I have been sort of, you know hoping that he would get more of a run in the team and an opportunity because as he's proven in pre-season and when he does get them little cameos, he does come on and make an impact. And that that's what you want from someone who's, who's you know, coming on as a sub, he's coming on with the right attitude. It doesn't seem to me like he'd be someone who is, is complaining and act, acting like he's, he's warranted a, a, a starting place. He just seems to be knuckling down and doing everything he can do and, and waiting for his chance. So, Again, it could be a, a, a good little sort of, um, you know, real light for, for him to come in and, and maybe, you know, put his, put his marker down and show that he can, he can you know, be a, a sort of regular starter. I do feel as though, obviously, these next few weeks now when we do come back from the international break are, are going to be um, a big couple of weeks. If we, if we, you know, don't pick up results in these next few games, Obviously, that's going to compound a lot of pressure and add a lot of more negativity, uh, you know, to the club. And, and I'm hoping that that doesn't then snowball and, and we we end up sort of having a complete write-off in the season because we have obviously got a, a tough Champions League group as well. You know, Bayern Munich and Galatasaray, 
two good sides there. You know, you look at obviously maybe not winning the group, but you know, it's going to be tough to even finish second in that group because them two teams have just mentioned are, are quality sides. And you know, before you know it, you, you could be, you know, the season could be be wrote off by Christmas, and and that's the last thing that we wanted after last year. So I'm hoping that we can, you know get a couple of good positive results, give some of these other players that have been maybe waiting for the opportunity a chance and they can come in and take it. And and as you say, we, we can just start watching and, and, and seeing the team playing with a bit more, you know, desire and a bit more, as Lee said before, we want to watch a team like Man United who's dominating games. And I'm not saying that we, we, we can dominate every single week because if you're going away to Man City or Arsenal or whatever, you might have to play slightly different, but... It is really worrying when, obviously, the first game of the season at home to Wolves, I was expecting us to be, you know, coming straight out of the traps, firing, dominating the game and, and you know, getting off to a really positive start and, and it hasn't been anything like that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a difficult season, but I'm hoping that we can, you know, turn it around and, and as I say, some of these younger players or maybe some of the players that haven't played as, as much can come in and, and, and you know, prove a point and, and look to, you know, keep a, a shirt and move forward. Lee, is it a good thing um, that considering how difficult it's been and considering the patchy form, you know, I was saying, like, is it a good thing that United are back on the wheel straight away, you know, they're not playing a game straight away. Is it a good thing for the players that they've actually been away from each other and then they can, like, regroup at the sort of, like, middle of next week to sort of like say all right we're back together now like kick on again you know what i mean like there's a little bit of descent in the camp with sancho a little bit unease with the result a lot of bad negative press the fact that they're away from the club at the moment everywhere in the world and then they're going to come back in a few days you think that's a good thing uh possibly for this this squad what we've got yeah on a personal note i've, I've never made it um I've made it clear. I don't. I don't like international breaks whatsoever. Um, and for me, if I was a manager, and you know, we've we've just had pre-season and we've just got back into it, and we've we've had a, you know, the start we've had personally on a personal point of view, I'm gonna put it right straight away. Um, I don't want, you know, I don't I don't want the break. Um, I want to put it right in training. I wanna I wanna get it sorted asap. Not have to wait. Worried that obviously, although we've got massive injury worries at the time now as, as it stands. I'd read to think if anyone else gets injured, what's going to go on, you know, in the, in the break. Um, so for me, as on a personal note, no, if, if it was me, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather just you know tackle it head on uh, and get things sorted ASAP. But like I said, with this, with everything what is going on in the current the current squad, what we've got, maybe a reset might be uh, something what we need. Gives Tenag a little bit more thinking time, another week to to try and sort out and and mull over what is going wrong and. You know, um, tactically, what what we can do better. Um, just going on the point with Palestra, I was just writing a few things down twenty minutes before the podcast, and obviously, I know we're not going to talk too much about the Anthony situation and and the Sancho, but if it goes down the route of them not playing, uh, and obviously there is opportunities there. The first person I did think of was Palestra, but then I thought with the signing of Amrabat, um, which I think is going to be hopefully a fantastic signing. I've been calling for it all summer. Um, and then obviously we're going to stick Ireland up front. It looks like he, he showed enough for me the other day to show what what he could potentially bring to us. I'm just wondering whether with us having two defense fantastic defensive midfield players there in Amrabat and Casemiro, whether they're, they're going to go to a four two three one, 
and possibly put the Casemiro and Amrabat as, as you know as a two defensive midfield players. Stick Rashford on the left. Obviously, we've seen him score the goal the other day. Uh, and he's gonna is he is he gonna trust the young lads or is he gonna go down the route of putting the likes of Eriksson, who's who's a creative midfield player in the middle, and maybe putting Bruno on the right? That's another thing I thought he may do. Uh, and go with experience um, and and the lads he trusts um, instead of putting the young lads in. I, I don't know which way I'd go about it. I've been I'm, I've been battling through the podcast, thinking would I would I give a young lad a chance or would would I stick with that? Because that that on paper is a strong squad. Obviously, we've got the back four issues, but if you look at the two defensive midfield players, and, and then you've got your three and your one with Ireland, it's still a very strong squad you can give anyone a game. Yeah, it's, it's a bit tough one, but I think you're right. I mean, he's played Fernandez on the right a fair few times now. It's the service, what you get off Fernandez. I think he's got he's got a, a wand of a right foot, what he could, you know, whip them balls in for Ireland. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. I'm just wondering whether, you know, it, 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 the service, what he would provide. Would it be a good option to have? And then obviously, if, if, if Ericsson's flagging uh, 60, 70 minutes, you could bring Bruno back in to the centre, replace Ericsson, and, and chuck your, you know, you, you, you could get your um, police on then, give him, you know, 30 minutes or even even try Martial out wide. Because sometimes when Martial's played wide, he's played better than when he's played as a number nine. For me, he's, he doesn't do that much as a number nine. So, you know, you've got the options there. If, if he plays that, that formation, you've got, you've got the lad still there who's not injured, who's. He's, you know, he could give, like I say, it still looks like a strong, a strong 11. Yeah, he also like Manu to come back. I think he was posting on socials that he's going to be coming back soon, so there's going to be all the options there. Whether he goes with an hour from three, I mean, like the other day, Garnacho was brilliant in that sort of little cameo where he came on as well. So him and Hoyland, you would expect, are going to get some game time. Um, we'll talk about that next week. Um, I guess next week we'll be talking about Brighton and Bayern. Couple of massive games there for United. Um, not bad to talk about, to be fair. Um, if you've enjoyed the pod, um, it's only a short one this week, but it, I guess I didn't want to get too bogged down in depressing things when it's already a hot enough, um, a hot enough Friday night. Um, but if you've stuck with us, um, thanks for that. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please give us a, a subscribe on, on YouTube and on the platform you're listening on. Leave us a review as well on the platform you're listening on. Um, really appreciate it. As you will notice as well on the um, on the loop, on the audio podcast, that we're now part of the Top Sport Fan Network. I know I've, I've said that at the start of the season, just wanted to repeat it. And thanks to them and also to Bible have been um, spreading the word about us on Instagram today. So I appreciate that. Um, and most of all, just appreciate the guys who listen to us every week, really, um, for, for tuning in and, and giving us your time over the week when you do listen to us or, or watch us. Really appreciate that. And we will be back next week to talk about Brighton and Bayern. Until then, stay safe, stay well. Thanks for listening and watching. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.